Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life that you'd like to get some biblical perspective on. Maybe you have a prayer request, something going on in your life where it's not necessarily that you need counsel or biblical wisdom, but what you need is prayer from God's people. And so that's why we're here every weekday. We have this show every weekday, 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain Time, with pastors standing by to pray for your prayer requests uh, and to answer your Bible questions. And so I'd love to hear from you. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text number is 720-336-0897. 0897. Well, I want to welcome those of you who are tuning in today in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM. Welcome to the program. You're hearing the show live today. Today is Friday, November 19th. Beautiful fall day here in Colorado. We also want to welcome those of you who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those listening on Truth FM in Tennessee. Welcome to all of you. We also want to give a special greeting to those who are tuning in on Radio by Grace with stations all over the United States, particularly in the southern states in that belt that runs from Texas over to Florida. Um, more and more stations joining uh, from that network, joining us in in the days and weeks to come as well. And so we're really excited about um, how God is growing the listening family of Calvary Live. And so wherever you're tuning in from today, we want you to be part of the show, so we love hearing the callers who call in from from different locations. Um, you know, we're broadcasting here in Colorado, but we are so glad to have you tuning in and listening from all over the country and even all over the world, because we also have listeners who tune in online. I know that we have at least one international listener at the moment, and we might gain some more as the show goes on. But wherever you're tuning in from, we'd love for you to be part of the show. Again, the number to call, 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand, or you can text us at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Here at the beginning of the show is always a really good time to call in with your Bible questions, with your prayer requests, because uh, here at the beginning of the show, right, we don't have any callers yet, and so we're waiting for those calls to come in, and so we'd love to hear from you. Just a reminder that those of you listening on Hope FM and Truth FM, as well as Radio by Grace. You're hearing the show on a one-week delay. Those listening online and those listening on Grace FM are hearing the show live as it airs. But we just want to remind you of that because uh, we just want you to be aware in case you call in and we're talking about a topic. um, You know, you're listening on your station in one of those places and you're hearing a topic that we actually discussed live a week prior to that. But we definitely don't want that to hinder you from calling in or make you hesitant in any way. Uh, whatever question you have, I would just encourage you that it's not only good for you to have your question 
uh, answered and to have your prayer requests prayed for. But there are also other people tuning in and listening, and maybe many of them have the same question, or maybe some of them are dealing with the same issue that you're dealing with that you need prayer for, and we can pray for them as well. So give us your give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Um, I want to give a greeting as well to those who are tuning in online. Um, I know that there are so many. In fact, I get a uh, the producer here sends me a map of all the people who are tuning in live at the beginning of the show. And so I see that we have listeners in the Bay Area of California. We have listeners in Washington State, as well as in Southern California. Looks like the Las Vegas area, up and down the front range here of the Rockies in Colorado, across the Midwest, some listeners in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, as well as in Louisiana, across the Okay, across the greater Midwest, some in the Great Lakes region and the East Coast. So wherever you're tuning in from today, so glad to have you with us. Give us a call with your Bible questions and your prayer requests. The number again, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0800. Nine, seven. Just a few words about myself before we go to our first caller. Uh, my name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Whitefields is a Calvary Chapel-affiliated church here in this great city. And I would like to just take the opportunity to personally invite you to join us for service this Sunday. If you're looking for a church home or if you're looking for a place to worship this weekend— and you're within driving distance of our church here in Longmont, we'd love to have you join us. We have three services, 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11 a.m. every Sunday morning. Our 8 a.m. service is a family service, and our 9.30 and 11 a.m. services have children's ministry. And so we'd love for you to bring your family, uh, bring your friends, come worship with us this Sunday. We're currently studying through the book of 1 Corinthians. That's what we do at Calvary Chapel. We stay through books of the Bible most often. And we've been working our way through 1 Corinthians. We really come to what, what is one of the most beautiful, greatest chapters in the entire Bible. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that great passage about love that you've probably heard quoted at weddings so many times. And um, man, there's so much more to this chapter, though, than just the the couple verses. There's really three verses that are usually read at weddings, but there's more to it. And understanding the context, that's the real benefit to studying through books of the Bible, is that you get to hear the passages taught in their context with the chapter that comes before, the chapter that comes after, what is its place in the book. And so we'll be looking at that this Sunday as we study 1 Corinthians 13. I can't wait. It's, I've been looking forward to this chapter the entire time we've been studying through 1 Corinthians. And so we'd love to have you join us. If you're in any of the surrounding communities, uh, if you're in Lyons or or Mead or Berthoud, if you're in Frederick, Firestone, Decono area, if you're in uh, Lafayette, Erie, or in Niwot, Boulder, any of those surrounding communities around this area, we'd love to have you come and join us. We are located right in between County Line Road and I-25 on Highway 119. So we're just east of the city center of Longmont on Highway 119, which is the main highway from I-25 into Longmont and then into Boulder. And so uh, we'd love to have you join us. Um, if you're in Longmont or if you're in any of the surrounding communities or you're maybe a f- little further out, but you're within driving distance, we'd love to have you join us. And you can find directions. You can find uh, past messages. You can find more information about our staff and leaders on our website whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com 
gracefm.com. You can also hear me here on Grace FM every weekday, twice a day. I'm on at 9.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. And those are our sermons cut for the radio. We also um, have our sermons on the air on Sundays at 1 p.m. So uh, lots of lots of opportunities to connect with us here at Whitefields. Again, check out our website for service times, directions, and just consider yourself personally invited to come and study with us this coming Sunday. Well, with that, let's go to our first caller, Derek in Pennsylvania. Hi, Derek. Welcome to the program. Hey, Derek. How are you doing? Pretty good. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. What's up? I've been reading through uh, Judges 14 recently, and uh, it's it's about Samson's marriage and the wedding feast where he gave a riddle. And I was a little bit confused about um, verse 19. This is after um, the wedding guests entice Samson's new wife to give them the answer to the riddle. And uh, basically, Samson gets angry that they came up with the answer. And, and then verse 19 says, And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and he went down to Ashkelon and struck down 30 men of the town and took their spoil and gave the garments to those who had told the riddle. In hot anger, he went back to his father's house. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I'm a little bit confused there because, to me, uh, having the Spirit of the Lord rush upon you and then going and killing 30 men don't go together. <laughs> so I was sure. wondering if you could speak into that at all for me. Yeah, so you have to really understand the greater context for what's going on in um, in the book, right? Which is that... Samson is a flawed hero, um, and and a very flawed hero. That's what's almost like so confusing about his story. Um, but I think just putting it that simply is really helpful. He's a flawed hero, and what are what is the role of the judges? Of which, by the way, Samson is one. Right? The judges were to be liberators. They were essentially people who would unify the nation during a time of crisis, in order to lead them through that time and to liberate them from oppression and also, of course, attacks. And so what that all amounts to is this, that if you look at who the Philistines were, um, it's pretty interesting. The Philistines weren't actually from the area that we now call Israel or Palestine, right? They weren't there from the Middle East or from the land of Canaan, as it's called in the Bible. They were from, at best we know, they were from the island of Cyprus in the Mediterranean Sea. And the reason they were coming over to this area is because they wanted to establish a great empire. Now, the problem with that is that there was already a people group who were called by God, and they were given a promise by God that that land would be given to them and their descendants. And so what you have with the Philistines is actually what we would call an existential threat to Israel. It threatened their very existence as a nation. Now, the the reason why any existential threat to Israel is such a big deal is because, of course, with Israel comes the promise that through Israel will come the Messiah. And so the Philistine threat upon Israel isn't just a threat upon their nation. It's a threat upon God's entire plan for salvation for the entire world. And, you know, just this is a digression, but if you go and look in the book of uh, Revelation, I'm trying to remember which chapter it's in. It might be chapter 12. I'm going to go look real quick. Revelation, yep, chapter 12. It tells that that basically the story of the world can be summarized as this great battle between the woman and the dragon, the woman being Israel and the dragon 
being Satan who is trying to prevent this child who is going to come from Israel. So that's the big picture of the story. Sometimes in order to understand a given story like this one you're mentioning, Judges uh, 14 verse 19, you kind of got to zoom out and then zoom back in. So that's the big picture. Philistines have come. Now Samson as a flawed hero, you know, his job as a liberator and a judge is actually to be a military leader who saves Israel from the Philistines. And yet, instead of doing that, it says at the beginning of chapter 14 that Samson married a Philistine, which is definitely not what he's supposed to be doing. And yet, sometimes he does the right thing. Maybe he does the right thing for the wrong reason, like in this case that he gets angry and does it um, because of this riddle that goes on. And yet, the right thing for him to do is actually liberate the people of Israel from this existential threat. And so the Spirit of the Lord coming upon him means that he's given, um, let's say, motivation and ability by God to do the thing that God has called him to do. Now, in this case, the thing that God's called him to do is to liberate Israel, and that takes a very tangible um, manifestation, which is him actually going to battle against people. And so we see that this is like a time when essentially Samson, he's been caught up in, I would say, sin and fleshly living. By his own fleshly desires, he's attracted to a woman, doesn't care that she's a Philistine, forgets his own calling. And then the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him, and he actually, we see this like glimpse of, okay, that's actually what Samson should have been doing this entire time. And so... So that that would be the way to understand it. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate your answer. Uh, like you said, he's a flawed hero, and, and it always amazed me, too, how he got he gets listed in, in Hebrews 11 along with, you know, the greats. I guess we'd call them heroes of the faith, you know, and but yet, you know, God's able to use people like that. Mm, uh, amen. So, yeah. Well, hey, I appreciate your answer. I appreciate uh, your ministry. I Enjoy listening to you guys here on the East Coast, so keep it up. That's awesome, Derek. Thanks for calling in. Yep, you bet. All right, bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is the show where we take your calls with your Bible questions and your prayer requests. We pray for your prayer requests, and I just want to encourage anybody out there that, hey, if you have a prayer request, there are a bunch of people listening all over the country, even all over the world. We just picked up some listeners in Finland, another listener in Hawaii. So we've got people listening all over the world and all over the United States who are able to say yes and amen as we lift up your prayer requests to the Lord. So don't hesitate to call in. We want to pray for you. We want to pray with you. But we also want to answer your questions. If you have a question like Derek did, like, this just doesn't seem to make sense. I need a little help with understanding this passage or something I've always wondered about. This is the place where you can do that. So give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Logan in New Mexico. Hi, Logan. Welcome to the program. Hello. What can uh, we do I was for you? wondering about uh, my call was about salvation, security, and how to figure out what your gifts might be. Hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I have a note here as well that says, you know, um, what what about if you have doubts sometimes uh, if you're not saved? 
does that mean that right. you're not actually saved? That's a great question. So I'd answer your question by saying this. Um, you know, it's not the amount of confidence we have in our Savior that saves us. It's the Savior himself. It's the strength of the Savior, not the strength of our, of our confidence in the Savior that saves us. And that's really good news, right? Because it means that even if, even if I have doubts about whether I trust in him enough, it means that whether I have doubts over whether he's even able to save me, that doesn't change the fact that he is able to save me. I, I like to describe it like this. It's like sometimes I, I walk across, uh, I have a busy street near where I live, and sometimes I have a small daughter, and sometimes I walk across the street, there's a park on the other side of the street. So sometimes we'll walk to that park and we'll hold hands. Now imagine we're holding hands crossing the busy street, and I tell her, hey, don't let go of my hand. And so as we're crossing the street, let's say she gets scared and she freezes, or let's say her grip on me grows weak. Um, then what's going to happen? Am I just going to walk away and leave her in the middle of the street and let her let go of my hand? Well, no, because the fact is that while she is holding onto my hand, I'm also holding onto her hand. And my grip on her is so much greater and stronger than her grip on me. And if her grip fails, my grip will not. And I will see her through to the other side um, because I love her. And I think that that's a really good way of understanding what it means to be saved. Is that you're taking, you know, you're, you're responding to God who's saying, God's saying, take my hand and walk with me. And so you're grabbing onto his hand. But you know what? Sometimes your grip may fail in a moment of weakness. Sometimes you might get scared and just freeze and let go. But the good news is that if you're his, he has you in his grip, even if your grip on him grows weak. Uh, I'll give you one more analogy. Let's say you slip down the side of a mountain. You're on the side of a mountain. It's really steep. You slip, and the only thing you can hold on to is a branch that's sticking out from the side of the mountain. So, you know, the question is this. Let's say you don't have a lot of confidence in that branch that it can actually hold you, but you reach out and you grab it anyway. Well, it's not the amount of confidence you have in it that will save you. It's the strength of the branch. And the good news about Jesus is that he is a, a savior who can truly save us. And I would tell you this, you know, a lot of people have doubts. And doubt, sometimes, uh, you know, some people will get on your case and say it's bad to have doubts. I would say this, uh, the Bible says in the book of Jude, which is the second to last book in the Bible, it says, have mercy on those who doubt. It tells us that Jesus' disciples doubted even while they worshipped him. And we read that even John the Baptist doubted, and he was called the greatest of all the prophets. And so what that means is that the Bible is full of stories of people who sometimes doubted, and God helped them to move from doubt to belief. And so I would encourage you that the, the best thing to do when you're having doubts is to continue seeking the Lord and continue seeking the answers to the questions you might have because those answers are there and God wants to meet you. He wants to answer those questions that you might have. So don't feel bad about having doubts, but also doubt is like a station that you pass through. It can't be a place where you remain. The purpose is to move through your doubt and end up in a place of faith. Does that help answer any of your question? Yes, sir. And you had a question about finding your gifts? Yes, sir. Yeah. 
That's a great question. You know, I just taught on that at our church. I was teaching on 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which is a great chapter. I'd recommend that you read it if you're looking for some info on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it lists there um, several gifts, around 10 gifts that um, you could look at there. And But I would tell you this, those 10 gifts that are listed, they aren't the only gifts of the Spirit that are listed in the Bible. There are other other gifts, and there are probably other gifts that exist that may not even be listed in the Bible. But um, here's what I always tell people, is that if you're looking for your gifts, look for the way that you can serve others. Because sometimes I think we get so focused on trying to figure out what our gifts are that we miss the ways that God wants to use us. And I put it this way, sometimes the spiritual gift that you have is that thing which comes supernaturally natural to you. Right? Uh, let me give you a quick, quick example. It'd be like this. Let's imagine that we're all in church together, and one child in the children's ministry gets a word of knowledge. That's one of the gifts of the Spirit that's listed there, that I'm thirsty. And that child runs up to bring me a glass of water. But as um, that person is, you know, that child is running there to give me a glass of water, they trip and they fall, glass breaks, the child's hurt, and it's a huge mess, Right? Well, think about how different people are going to respond to that. Some people are going to respond. Somebody's going to respond by saying, you know, they're going to get up and they're going to comfort that child, right? They might have the gift of mercy. They comfort that child and say, oh, it's okay. I've fallen before too. I know exactly what it's like. Then you have somebody else who's like, hey, we got to get this mess cleaned up. And they're going to go get a broom and they're going to get a vacuum and they're going to get that glass cleaned up. Well, that person might have the gift of help, right? That being a, just a helper. Another person might say, hey, this is a great teaching opportunity, and I'm going to hold a seminar at our church about how to properly hold a glass while running, right? Like, here's how many foot-pounds of pressure you need to apply with both hands in order to do this. They're going to they're gonna give the instruction and the teaching about how to do it so that we don't have incidents like this in the future. Somebody with the gift of prophecy might stand up and say, you know, the, the Lord is speaking to us through this situation. Uh, in these days that we live in, make sure that you don't fall as this young man did, you know? You might have someone with the gift of exhortation who goes and tells that child, okay, you fell down, but get up. You know, you're a child of God. You don't belong on the ground. So I, I say that just as a kind of, you know, somewhat humorous uh, anecdote, but just saying that that thing that comes most naturally to you as you function as a child of God is something that you can use. You can use, you know, the the way that God has geared you in a way that's natural, but I would I would say it's supernaturally natural. God has gifted you in that way, and he will gift you in that way to serve others in the church. And so as it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, make sure that you are seeking the greater gifts. And you know, you could ask, what's the greatest gift? Well, that's kind of like asking what's the best tool in your toolbox kind of depends on the job you need to do, right? Like if your mm -hmm. job is uh, pounding nails, the best tool is a hammer. If your job is washing the windows, then the best tool is not your hammer, right? It's a different tool. And so seek the gift that is going to uh, serve the body in the best way, serve others. Ask God, God, gift me in certain ways so that I can serve others for your glory and for their good. So in other words, I think you can pray for God to give you spiritual gifts. And Paul says that we should seek 
the greatest gift, and the greatest gift is the one that serves others the most. What if you think that it might be singing, but you can't really sing in front of people? Yeah, well, I mean, I would say... I'm like, I thought it might be singing, but I'm like, my wife says that I can sing really good, but getting up in front of a whole bunch of people was just very intimidating. Yeah, you know, um, you can use that ability somewhere else. A gift singing isn't necessarily even listed in the Bible as a gift of the spirit. I don't know if it is. There's a kind of a debate over that. Like is, are there gifts that aren't listed? Like is singing a gift? Is other things uh, a gift? Well, I would tell you this. There are definitely ways that you can use your singing voice to glorify God and to serve others, even if you're not doing it on the worship team. But um, I would tell you, you know, one of the best ways to know your gift is, you know, the way that you can serve in the body is by just asking the ministry leaders at your church. Now, I tell you, as a pastor, when somebody comes up to me and says, "Hey, how can I serve? Like, what's where are the needs? What what do you what are you guys praying for somebody to come and do?" Man, that's uh, that's always really encouraging to me as a pastor. So I'd encourage you in the church that you belong to, go and ask the ministry leaders, go and ask the pastors. You know what what is what is the need in this church that I can meet, and um, and maybe it is singing and maybe, you know, God will give you the ability to stand up in front of people and maybe it starts in smaller groups, right? Maybe there's some other groups, home groups, et cetera, where you can start out using that ability in order to bless others and grow into uh, standing up in front of other people. Right. I appreciate your time. Well, let's, let's pray for you and then I'll let you go. So Heavenly Father... We pray for our brother here, Lord. We pray for Logan, and we ask, Lord, that you would help him to know what are the ways that you've gifted him to serve in the church. Lord, we also pray for him with his doubts that he sometimes experiences, as we all do. It's a part of faith. Lord, we pray that you would strengthen him, that when he has those doubts, or they would be catalysts for growth in his life as he seeks out the answers in your word and by seeking out other counsel from other Christian people. So, Lord, we pray that you'd let him be rooted and grounded in you. And Lord, that you would bless him as he walks with you and seeks you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, sir. You bet. God bless you. Right, bye-bye. Hey, listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today, taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to pray for you. And we'd love to answer those questions you have about God and about the Bible. So give us a call. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, that text line is 720-336-0897. 0897. We have all open lines right now, so it's a great time for you to call in. If you've been looking for a time to call, if you've been looking for an opportunity to ask that question about the Bible or to uh, ask for prayer for something going on in your life, we'd love to hear from you and love to pray for those things. So give us a call once again, the call in line 303-690-3000 and the text line 720-336-0897. We do have a, a text message or two that have come in, and we'll get to those right after the break. But in this last little bit leading up to the break, I want to tell you guys 
that um, some of you might've heard me mention this. I'm your host here every Friday. And so I, I've mentioned it a couple of times that I have a podcast. I started a couple couple months ago and it's been going just amazingly well. I've been able to get some really good guests on there. And this past week, so the, the episode which came out today is um, about a topic that's called missional ecclesiology. Now, the, don't let that kind of weird Latinish terms scare you away. Uh, because that's a super relevant topic. And I would tell you this, it is actually super core to who we are, our identity as a, as Calvary Chapel. And you know, that that's, it's our approach to church as the locus for discipleship and for teaching, for mission and everything. And so check that out. You can go and find that by searching Theology for the People podcast. So Theology for the People podcast, go check that out. We're going to be right back in two minutes time. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand, or you can text us at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Give us a call, send us a text with your questions about the Bible, or things that are going on in your life that you'd like prayer for. Would love to talk with you and pray for you. So let's uh, go first to our text message. I said I was going to answer this text message, and I saw that we do have some callers uh, on the line. So we'll go to our callers right after I answer uh, this text question. This one says. Can you talk about codependency? Is it a generational curse? Are there examples in the Bible of codependency and how to break it? Well, I wouldn't say that I can think of any examples in the Bible of codependency. I might be wrong, but I do think there are some principles that are given us in the Bible um, that relate to codependency. You know, first of all, what is codependency? Well, it's kind of like the relationship between, and I don't say this to be disparaging, but it's a relationship kind of like between a parasite and a host in the sense that the parasite uh, relies on the host, right? And they, they, they need the host in order to survive. Well, in the same way, right? Uh, codependent relationship is an unhealthy pattern in which a person is not functioning, you know, their their identity is so bound up with, or their their ability to exist is so bound up with needing another person um, that they're not really depending on the Lord. Uh, they're looking to somebody to give them the things which they can only receive from the Lord. That I guess that's a good way to put it. Now, when we do that with other things in our lives, we use the term idolatry, you know, so let's say, you know, that we receive our identity from the Lord. Well, when we look to our career or um, family or money or whatever it might be to give us our sense of identity, instead of finding that from God, we call that idolatry. And in a sense, a codependent relationship um, is a form of that. And so we might even say that a codependent relationship is a type of idolatry. And so you have two parts in that, right? You have the dependent person, but then you also have the enabling person who is essentially not encouraging that person to stand on their own two feet and to look to God for those things that they need, but is rather, you know, continuing or perpetuating that codependent relationship. And so both sides of those, they have their own individual problems, but they're both uh, not, 
not good or God's design. Um, I would say that related to codependency um, are issues such as fear, uh, fear of man and pride, and of course the important issue of boundaries. Now, uh, Proverbs twenty nine twenty five it says that the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Um, you know, just some other principles we think about, like in Genesis two twenty four, we see that um, it talks about the importance of a man leaving his father and mother and being joined to his wife. And so we see the, the importance there for spouses to have an independence on the one hand from their parents, but also even within the marriage relationship. Like it's important for the husband and wife to have a relationship with God and not develop a, a relationship in which they're encouraging or in which they are actually doing the looking to each other uh, for things which only God can give. And so that would be my advice to you. And, and again, the solution for this is to begin finding our identity in God, not in anything, any other person or any other thing. You know, C.S. Lewis famously said, don't ever let your happiness be built upon something which you can lose. So that means careers, hobbies, etc. But it also means people, right? Because that's the nature of life in this world is that unless Jesus comes back, every single person we know, at some point we will say goodbye to them, either because we're leaving or because they're leaving this world. And so um, we want to make sure that we build our lives upon the foundation of the gospel, upon the foundation of who God says that we are in relationship with him. A good example of that is found in the difference between Saul and David in the Bible, right? Where you have Saul who becomes king and then his identity becomes so tied up with being king that when God removes his position, right? Says that, you know, your anointing is gone. You're no longer king. He freaks out. He's willing to commit murder. He's willing to lie. He's willing to do anything in order to keep that position because that's his entire identity. And the, the interesting thing about David is that David finds himself later on when he becomes king in a similar position where somebody wants to take the kingdom from him. And yet David is okay with not being king. He says to God, God, if you want this other guy to be king, that's fine with me. And God says, actually, I don't. Um, and, and David says, okay, then I'll keep being king. But David has this security because he knows who he is in the Lord. And because he knows who he is, what he does for the Lord can change, right? So he can be a shepherd, he can be a soldier, he can be a musician, he can do whatever God calls him to do. It doesn't, he doesn't need a position or, in, and we could say in another case, he doesn't need a person to define his identity or his worth or value for him. He gets that from God. And so that's what we want to do in our relationships as well. We don't want to build a codependency. So let's say you're married, right? You don't want to build that in your spouse where they need you. You want to encourage your spouse to love Jesus and to look to Jesus for everything that they need spiritually and emotionally. And then that actually becomes the foundation of your relationship. Then you can be two people who are both seeking Jesus who join hands and pursue him together. That's a much better foundation for a relationship than a, than a codependency in which um, that you make that person need you or in which you need the other person. So I hope that answers your question, and uh, God bless you. Thanks for writing in. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. Again, the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible and about life. Go ahead and give us a call with your Bible questions and with your prayer requests. The number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 
690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to CJ in Memphis, Tennessee. Hi, CJ. Welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going? Thank you going for having great. me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my question is, it's not really a question. I'm more looking for wisdom. Uh, but not to get too personal, but kind of figure out where I am. My wife thinks I'm being unfaithful to her, and that's it's so far from the truth. Uh, but she's had bad past experiences, uh, and I and I trust my wife fully with my whole heart that you know she's not cheating also. But she treats me as if I am. So there's a wall, there's a barrier there between us because she thinks I'm being unfaithful, and and I try so hard to just keep loving her, and she keeps pushing me away. And I just don't know how to combat that. Mm. Yeah, well, you know what it means there in Ephesians chapter 5, where it talks about loving your wife as Christ loved the church, it says in the very next line, and laid down his life for her. And it, then it says, and he washed her with the water of the word, right? So that she would be without spot, without blemish. And so I would encourage you that that is the essence of what, um, that is the essence of what, um, Agape love is. I'm teaching on that this coming Sunday at Whitefields, the church I pastor. And, you know, just looking at what does agape love mean? And you can find that, of course, the definition there, the description in 1 Corinthians 13, I think that's a good place to start for what it means to love your wife as Christ loved the church. You know, love is patient. And then another word, you know, in the old King James, it uses the word long-suffering. Man, sometimes that's what patience feels like, isn't it? Right? It feels like it's suffering for a long time. It's patient. It's kind. It doesn't envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. In other words, it's about serving, not about, you know, insisting that it has to be done in your way. Uh, it's not irritable. It's not resentful. It rejoices in the truth. And here, check this out, verse 7. Love bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things, and it endures all things. So this agape love, the love that God has for us, the perfect highest form of love, it is a steadfast love. It is a sacrificial love. And so I would just encourage you um, that this is a long game, you know, with your wife. And so be patient as God is patient with you. Be sacrificial as Jesus has sacrificed for you and um, endure all things, hope all things, believe all things, continue, you know, to lay down your life. That's the kind of love that we're talking about here and, um, and do it because your heart is so full of the gospel. As Paul says in first Timothy um, chapter one, verse, I think it's verse five. Yeah. He says the aim of our message is love that issues from a pure heart and good conscience and a sincere faith. And then, then in Romans chapter 5, I think it's verse 5, uh, Paul says, the Holy Spirit has shed abroad in our hearts the love of Christ. And so the idea is that if you, if you feel that you're running out of love, you know, how do you get under the, the spout where the love comes out? You go back to Jesus and you say, Lord, help me to see his love for me so that I might be full of love for others. So... But I'd also be happy to pray for you as you, you seek to do this. Please do. Yeah, let's do it. Heavenly Father, we pray for CJ. And we ask him, Lord, give him wisdom with how to reach his wife uh, with this love. But we pray that she would be receptive to it. We pray that she would 
have love towards him as well. Lord, that she would believe all things. Lord, when it comes to him, that she wouldn't be cynical or questioning his motives, but Lord, that she would receive his love. Lord, we pray for CJ. Give him endurance and patience as he goes through this um, because it is a long game. And so, Lord, we ask that you give him long-suffering in relation to loving his wife, especially when it's not reciprocated. Lord, we pray that you'd fill his heart with your love, and we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. You bet. God bless you. Thanks for calling in. All right. Listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We're here today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. So give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Connie in Colorado Springs. Hi, Connie. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Nick, Katie. Um, I appreciate you, and I listen to you quite often. And I just need, uh, real quick, I just need prayer for wisdom with my kids, because my kids uh, are not saved, and I want salvation. I want God to save them, Mm. and they don't want to have nothing to do with God. Mm -hmm. They hate God, and they hate me. (laughs) So uh, I just need prayer for wisdom. And I, I need prayer uh, on how to talk with them and how to, because they don't want to hear. When I try to witness to them, they don't want to hear it. They say, just don't talk to us about God. We don't want to hear it. So I just need wisdom on how to speak to my children and what to say. Um, I know they can get saved without hearing the gospel, but mm-hmm. um, or that God would put... Uh, Christian people in their path yeah. so they would hear the gospel. Yeah, let's pray for them. Heavenly Father, we pray for Connie's kids, Lord, and just hear her heart, just the heart of a mother who wants her kids to know you, wants her kids to be saved, wants to be with them for eternity. And Lord, we pray that in your mercy and in your power, that Lord, you would break through the walls that they've put up towards you, first of all, but also towards their mom. Lord, we pray that you would, uh, Lord, that you would soften those hard hearts, and Lord, that the seed of your word would take root in their hearts. That by your Spirit, Lord, you would do the work that only you can do of opening blind eyes, and opening deaf ears, transforming hard hearts. And so, Lord, we ask that you would save them. Lord, we ask. We know it's it's your desire that no one would perish, but that all would come to a knowledge of the truth. And Lord, we ask that in this case, by your ultimate power, your boundless power, Lord, that you would break through in this situation and that these kids would know you. Lord, that you would develop in them a hunger and a thirst for you. Lord, that they would even be surprised. They would say, wow, I wasn't even seeking the Lord, and yet I just feel drawn to him. And so, Lord, we pray that you would draw them to yourself. You yourself said, no one can come to the Father unless I draw them. Lord, we ask that you would draw them to yourself. And we pray for their salvation. Pray for Connie, Lord. Give her wisdom with how to love her kids, how to speak to them in a way that will help them. And Lord, we pray that you would bless her. And Lord, give her patience, but also, Lord, give her boldness when those doors are open. Help her to speak your word in a way that is um, compelling and, and communicates your heart. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Nick. I appreciate you. I love you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for calling in. What a pleasure to pray for you. It's an honor. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. I think with the end of that call, we have all open lines, so it's a great time to call in. We'll get you on the air pretty quickly. The number to call is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Bob in Greeley. Hi, Bob. Welcome to the program. Hey, hey Pastor Nick. Thank you, sir. Yeah. What's up? My question is Revelation 20. So mm -hmm. at the end of the millennial reign, when Armageddon is complete, the evil are thrown into the lake of fire. Mm -hmm. And then right after that, it talks about the firmament being burned up and the heavens being burned up and a new, new earth without sea and a new Jerusalem is created. My, my question and confusion is, what happens to the lake of fire? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, you know, the, the big difficulty, of course, with Revelation is that we have a book here that is um, full of some things which are, are symbolic and some things which are literal, and it's hard to tell which ones are meant to be taken literally and which ones are meant to be taken symbolically. That's why there's so many different takes on Revelation. The one thing we do know is what it means, right? It means that Satan and those who have not had their names written in the book of life, those who are not saved, will be destroyed, as Second Thessalonians says, Second Thessalonians 1, they will be destroyed forever, and they will, actually, let me just read it, Second Thessalonians chapter 1, it says, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and the glory of his might. And so those are two things that describe what it means, you know, the destruction that is to come. So the punishment of eternal destruction and eternity away from the presence of the Lord and the glory of his might. And so I, I think, you know, there's, there's kind of two ways to look at this. And uh, the one way is what's called annihilationism. Annihilationism is the belief that um, essentially the torment of hell is not forever. It's for a certain amount of time, whether that's for, some people would say it's for a moment. Some people would say, well, it depends on the person's life. Um, you know, it might be a little bit longer for some people than for other people, but essentially it's not forever. It's just, um, they are destroyed and they cease to exist. Whereas those who are saved go on living forever. So that's called annihilationism. And that view is held by uh, very respectable people, you know, including John Stott, who was uh, the famous, you know, British evangelical leader, um, very highly respected. Um, however, I would say that based on the statements of Jesus, you know, we have to say that hell is indeed eternal. He talks about uh, punishment and torment, not necessarily punishment. Let's use the word torment instead. Because, and the reason we use that word is because, you know, torment is, can be, um, it can be, uh, sorry, uh, oh, I forget the word I'm looking for. Never mind. We, we use the word torment. And so the point is that uh, the torment of hell lasts forever is what Jesus says. And that's, that's really important that we understand what Jesus is saying. And then we interpret verse like uh, 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 
uh, 9 in light of what Jesus said. So, I don't know that the lake of fire is literally made of fire. I don't know that it is a literal, physical, geographical place, or if it's describing something in words that we can understand. And the point is, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and the glory of his might. You know, I, I was talking about this very thing with a brother in our church this past week, and he was asking me about almost the exact same question. And he was saying, you know, what does this mean? And I was saying, you know, that, that verse, Second Thessalonians 1, 9 is so important because it talks about eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord. And think about it like this. If God is the source of life, light, beauty, joy, everything that is good, like James says, right? Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights then to be separated from God for eternity would be the absence of all of those things. And that actually, that kind of torment, in a way, we, we might even say that that is worse than being burned in, in flames. And so, um, yeah, to answer your question, um, I don't believe in annihilationism. I believe in what's called eternal conscious torment. Um, but I I do think that the end of the day, hell and destruction are bad. That's not where I want anyone to end up, and it's also not where God wants anybody to end up. And the good news is nobody has to end up there because Jesus came to to save those who put their trust in him. Agreed. Well, thank you, Pastor Nick. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from... Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air today. Let's go to our next caller, Rudy in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Rudy. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor. How's it going, man? Going great. What's up? I'm uh, calling just for uh, for prayer for safe travels. Tomorrow's uh, I'll be delivering a lot of food baskets for Thanksgiving. People that have been nominated for my church. It's just a uh, good way to spend my, my weekend, but mm. you know, a lot of Driving accidents has been happening, and I don't want to miss a miss a miss an opportunity to pray about being out there in the road. And I want everybody to be fed for Thanksgiving. And yeah, for I, sure. I, I glory to God for having me out there and being that guy. Man, that's cool. I'll just tell you. I'm going to pray for you, but I want to tell you a quick anecdote that I I like to share because I think it's really good. Martin Luther he had this thing where he would say, you know, Jesus taught us to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. And then he says, well, how is that prayer answered? Does Jesus just cause bread to show up on your table? He says, no, the way that God provides for you is through a farmer and a person who mills the grain and a person who then is a grocer and sells that in the grocery store and the person who transports it to uh, you know, the grocery store and things like that. And he said, as all these people are doing their jobs, they are doing the work of God and it is through their hands that God is answering our prayers. And I just want to say that to you, Rudy, that, you know, there are people out there who are praying that prayer, you know, give us today our daily bread, and God's going to be using you to provide those meals. He's going to be using those people from your church who paid for them, and that's an awesome thing. And I want you to understand you're doing the work of God, and I just want to encourage you. So let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for Rudy. I thank you for his church, Lord. I thank you for them acting as your body in, in this world, your hands and feet to meet the needs of people this Thanksgiving season. Lord, we pray 
that as people receive these meals, Lord, you give Rudy opportunities to share about his faith and his trust in you and to share about your goodness with other people who need to hear about it. So Lord, we pray for him, pray you bless him, we pray that you protect him on the road as he's traveling around and driving. And Lord, we pray that you would lead him and guide him, Lord, that he would be able to uh, honor you in in uh, doing that service. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you for the prayers. Absolutely. God bless you, Rudy. Bless you too. See ya. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. We've come up to our last uh, six or so minutes of the show. Let's go to our next, uh, well, we're going to go to our text line at this point. I'll give you the numbers just in case there's one last call before the end of the show. That is 303-690-3000. That's where you can call in with your Bible questions and prayer requests. Six, uh, 303-690-3000. Well, let's go over to our text line and see what texts have come in. Uh, someone writes, and it sounds like they, they used to go to our church here. So it's, they said, I moved out of Colorado in January 2020, and I miss Whitefields Church. I'm thankful for Grace FM. Uh, even though I have Christian family and friends, and I listen to Christian radio and watch sermons online, I know that I need to be in a church. I don't feel comfortable at the churches I've gone to. Please pray for direction and the desire to be obedient. Thank you, and God bless your ministry. Hey, well, first of all, man, I wish I knew who this person was, and maybe it's somebody that I remember personally from our church. And a lot has changed in our church since January 2020. In um, March of 2020, we moved into a new building. And uh, of course, that was when the pandemic took place and everything. God's really been blessing our ministry. It's been, it's been a great season. And so um, greetings to you. You know, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you want to be in a church and I want to pray for you to find a good one. Um, yeah, so let's do that. Heavenly Father, pray for this Dear person, Lord, I pray that wherever they're at, Lord, that you'd help them find a body of believers, Lord, a body where they're able to have your word be taught and the gospel preached week in and week out. Lord, I pray that it would be a place where people are truly seeking you, where people are honoring you with their lives and with the way that they handle scripture. Lord, I pray that you would guide this person to a good fellowship of believers. And um, Lord, we pray that they would have a place where they can contribute to your work in the world. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, and you know what else uh, to this person who texted in, whoever you are, um, if you write back in the next couple minutes and tell me where you're located, maybe I know some churches or can recommend some churches um, where um, I would send you, you know, as as places to try out. Um, so yeah, would love to help you find a church. And I'll just take the opportunity as this person is talking about our church. If you're listening and you're looking for a church to worship at this Sunday, we would love to have you come and worship with us at Whitefields Community Church. That's the church I pastor here in Longmont, Colorado. And if you're within driving distance, we're super well located in the sense that we're we're right off of two main highways. And so we're right on Highway 119, which is also called Ken Pratt Boulevard. It's the main road from I-25 into Longmont and then down into Boulder. And so we're right on the north side of Highway 119. Our address is 2950 Colorful Avenue. So 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, Colorado. You can also find directions and uh, location service times on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. So whitefieldschurch.com. We have three services every Sunday morning, 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11 a.m., and uh, yeah, we'd just love to have you come. If you're within driving distance of Longmont, come and worship with us. This Sunday, we're studying 1 Corinthians chapter 13 as we study through that book. And I would just um, love to have you come. I'm excited to teach it. So 
Yeah. Let's go to our next text line. Let me see uh, what the next text question is. So, um, yeah, again, another question. Is hell a place where the existence of people is extinguished forever, or is it a place where they are still exist but consciously aware um, of what could have been and therefore have regrets? Yeah, so that's actually from Rob in Longmont. And so, hey, Rob, good to hear your question there. The answer is, again, like I told that other person a minute ago, I don't believe in annihilationism, which is the belief where people are extinguished forever. Now, some people do, and I think they make a pretty pretty good argument. But it, to me, the argument doesn't can't overcome the words of Jesus, um, who talked about um, people being in eternal conscious torment in hell and that and you know jesus actually talked about hell more than he talked about almost any other topic and you could say wow that's weird was jesus like obsessed with hell no the the thing was that jesus cared about people and to care about people is to tell them i don't want you to go to hell this is a this is a reality and i don't want that for you instead god wants people to have eternal life so to answer your question i don't believe in annihilationism um i believe that Jesus himself taught us eternal conscious torment. And quick plug, I am uh, writing a book right now that's supposed to come out hopefully by the end of this year, and it has a chapter on hell. So stay tuned for that, and hopefully I can bring some clarity through that book about these questions. Hey, you've been listening to Calvary Live. My name is Nick Cady, pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. You can check us out online at whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. And I will be with you again very soon. I know we got a holiday weekend coming up, so God bless you guys. Have a great and safe drive. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.